Thank you so, so much to all of you for coming uh, across here uh, to this amazing uh, place to have um, this seminar on beating busyness. Um, hopefully, has everyone got one of the handouts, first of all? Yeah, great. Um, now, um, those of you who were here last night will have heard me introduce myself um, in, the, in the main tent. Uh, my name's Jago, uh, married to Susanna. Uh, we've got four children. Uh, one of my children prayed for um, me yesterday morning, and they said, um, Dear Lord, please uh, help, Jago, uh, help Dad not be boring when he speaks. So uh, 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 that's great. Thank, th- thank you to them. Um, so um, uh, when I'm not here, uh, I'm the pastor of a church in London, uh, Holy Trinity Clapham. Uh, most famous uh, for where William Wilberforce and the Clapham sect, uh, where they worship when they were working for the abolition of the slave trade. So it's a, it's a great church to be a part of. Uh, it's got an amazing past, and uh, we pray that it has an exciting future uh, as well. But certainly in my job um, as a pastor, I am often busy, uh, sometimes too busy. Uh, I used to be a management consultant uh, before I was a, a church pastor. Uh, often then I was um, too busy in that. So it's, a, it's something that is dear to my heart, a challenge to me, uh, this whole subject of busyness that we're going to be thinking about. So on the handout, um, let's start um, with what the problem is, just to sort of try and uh, set the scene, if you like. What are we here for? What is the problem with um, busyness? And I put, if you like, three sort of dimensions to the problem. The problem, first of all, of work-life balance. Now, work-life balance is a big issue. Uh, apparently in the UK, we uh, work the longest hours in Europe um, I don't know if that's going to change with Brexit or not. I've no idea. Uh, we eat the most ready meals. Uh, we even drink faster than our neighbours. So in a sense, a sense, you may be surprised that in this session, I'm not going to address work-life balance at all. Uh, not because it's not relevant, but because actually I believe it's an unhelpful term. Because by calling it work-life balance, it sounds though work and life are distinct and separate to each other. It causes in us the impression that if you have more work, then you have less life. But that is patently untrue. Work is not the opposite of life, but work is a subset of life. So I think it's far more profitable for us to think about not work-life balance, but if you like, life balance. How can each one of you, how can I manage and integrate together all the different tasks and responsibilities that we have in our life. But the problem is, as each one of us may probably be able to testify, having a good life balance is difficult. Satisfactorily juggling all the different balls in life without spilling them, uh, without causing serious damage to ourselves or to other people, that's the trick. But it is a challenge. So that's the first problem. Uh, Second problem is the problem of time. So very simply, time is fixed, yet the amount of tasks that each of us have to do is variable. There was one recent um, survey that found that many of us use high-tech gadgets so that we're able to get 31 hours of work out of a 24-hour day. But we know actually that's not really the case. Our tasks may expand or decrease, but 24 hours is 24 hours We decide, each one of us, how best to use our time. How much time to sleep, how much time to rest, how much time to work, how much time to socialise, how much time to read our Bible and pray, whatever it might be, how much time. Time is fixed, but tasks are variable. And often what happens is we use that fixed amount of time to our detriment. And then third, uh, if you like, the third angle is the problem of over-busyness. 
So according to one newspaper article, half of the adults in this country, we say half of us, half of us in this room, say that we are constantly tired. 50% of us say we're constantly tired. More than 8 out of 10 UK workers feel that their health has been harmed by work demands. Uh, a recent article in the Guardian newspaper said only 43% of people in the UK take a break at lunchtime. Uh, I know someone who was made redundant recently. Uh, he was in his 40s. Uh, he was very successful in his work and very busy. And he told me, actually, if he was honest, it was a good thing he'd been made redundant because he could now actually begin to look for a wife. He hadn't had time before. Um, I spoke to another person. They said uh, uh, that they had a church meeting on every night of the week that week. Every night of the week they were doing something at church. Another person said to me, I I'm go, go, go all day. And then I just speak to Jesus in prayer for five minutes at midnight in my bed before I fall asleep. Yet let's be clear about the problem. It's not necessarily wrong to be busy. I've put there, it's the problem of over-busyness. So, you know, hard work is a good thing. The Bible is very negative about idleness, isn't it? So, so work is a good thing, but also rest is a good thing. We are to rest because God himself rested. So there's nothing wrong with being busy. So the likelihood is that you, quite frankly, you are hugely lazy if there has never been a time in your life when you haven't felt busy. I'm sure if we did a survey, all of us at some point or other, we will have felt busy. And that isn't wrong. It's not wrong to feel be busy. It's not wrong. You know, uh, my wife, Susanna, uh, being a full-time mum uh, with four children, along with helping leading some of the, the toddler groups and things like that at church, that has meant that she is busier now. She's more exhausted now than she ever was when she worked uh, in human resources for a law firm in London. So there's nothing wrong with being busy, but the problem comes when you or I, when we are persistently over-busy. Uh, and I read an article... Um, that uh, said, if you answer yes to more than half of the following six questions, then you are too busy, okay? You're over busy. So I'm going to uh, read uh, these six questions to you. I want you to just uh, think in yourself, would you answer yes or no to each of these? And then I'm going to get you to discuss, discuss the results, as it were, uh, with your next door neighbour, okay? So here are the six questions. Which ones do you answer yes or which ones do you answer no to? So question number one, uh, do you regularly work 30 minutes a day longer than your contracted hours? Yes or no? And that work is in the broadest terms. Uh, I know some of obviously isn't contracted, but if it's work at school, at university, whatever it is. Number two, do you check your work emails and phone messages at home? Yes or no? Number three, has anybody ever said to you, I didn't want to trouble you, because I know how busy you are. Yes or no? Number four. Do your family or friends ever complain about not getting enough time with you? Yes or no? Uh, if, number five. Uh, if an evening next week was suddenly freed up, would you use it either to work or do a household chore? Yes or no? Number six, uh, do you often exceed the speed limit while driving because you're in a rush? Yes or no? Okay, I'll give you my results in a bit. But just now, if you just uh, turn to your next door neighbour, just chat. How many out of six did you say yes to? Just uh, analyse your results. 
Okay, if I can draw us back together again. Uh, let's just see the results of our survey in the room, shall we? Um, so, hopefully, uh, you've all cottoned on to how many of those six questions you said yes to, okay? Uh, put your hand up if you said yes to none of them. Okay, yes to one of them. One. Yes to two of them. Okay, yes to three of them. Yep, yes to four of them. Most popular so far. Yes to five of them. Oh, most popular, yeah. Uh, yes to six of them. Yeah, I said yes to all six. Yeah, thank you very much. Okay, so um, it said if you score four, five or six, uh, you are over busy. Now, it's just a, some survey. It's not definitely exactly right, uh, but just a helpful indicator for us to think, um, are we busy or too busy, over busy? So let's move on from point one, the problem, to two, thinking about the source of the problem that we suffer from. Now, the world says that the problem of being too busy is external. So perhaps we are too disorganised. That that's the source of the problem. We're too disorganised. The solution is we need to go on a sort of an organisational training workshop. You know, perhaps the job that we do is too much for us. The job is the source of our problem and we need to quit our job. Uh, perhaps we, uh, we need, to say, need to be better at saying no to the millions of requests we get at work, requests from our friends, requests from church. Not saying no is the source of our problem, and we need to go on an assertiveness course or something like that. Now, all of those things, they may be true. Some of the remedies may be helpful. But I don't think any of them are actually the real source of our problem of being too busy. Because the source of the problem is actually here in our hearts. The source of our problem is there. The heart of human busyness is the busyness of the human heart. The ultimate source of the problem, it is far more about what is going on internally in us than what is going on externally. If you would, just look at the um, bits of, uh, at the bottom of the page, Jesus' words in Luke chapter 6. Jesus said this, he said, No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognised by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. The good person brings good things out of the good stored up in their heart, and the evil person brings evil things out of the evil stored up in their heart. For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So you see, we are over busy. Our, our busyness is a problem if it is causing you or me to produce bad fruit, as Jesus talks about. If it is causing bad fruit in the sense it's causing harm to our bodies or our health. If our busyness is causing harm to our relationships with our families or our friends. If our, our busyness is causing harm to our church commitments or other commitments or above all, if it's causing harm to our relationship with God. And if one or more of those different areas are suffering in our lives because of our busyness, then we're not just busy, but we're too busy. And we need to look to sort it out. And to sort it out, we need to look internally to fix our hearts. So if you look at verse 45 again, Jesus says the good person brings good things out of the good stored up in their heart. The evil person brings evil things out of the evil stored up in their heart. For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. 
And our hearts, in, in biblical terms, the heart, it, it was the center not just of our feelings, but of our thinking as in our will. Our hearts are what need sorting to solve the problem of you and I being too busy. I don't know if you saw in the, in the um, news a couple of weeks ago, uh, about a, there was a sinkhole that appeared in Florida. And you know a sinkhole, it's when the ground uh, just collapses suddenly. And this, in, in Florida, the, the gl- ground just uh, literally collapsed in a circle. All around were buildings and roads as normal. But there in the middle was this massive hole. It was 260 foot in diameter. And houses and roads had literally been swallowed and sucked into the hole. And, and sinkholes happen when underground streams drain away. Uh, causing the ground at the surface to suddenly lose its underlying support and suddenly just everything caves in. And I wonder, amongst us, how many of us have felt on the verge of a sinkhole caving? I know for me there have been a few times when I have felt that. We just feel just a moment away from a collapse which will sweep our entire world, if you like, into a bottomless pit. And at the surface, externally, things might look fine. We're capable. Lots goes on in our lives. There are lots of demands on our time, on our loyalties, on our energies. And we struggle to ignore those demands. They, if you like, they scream for our attention. And occasionally, we begin to creak a little bit under the pressure. But what do we do to try and solve that? We look to, if you like, apply a few sticking plasters on the surface, externally. You know, we get a new app on our iPhone that'll help me be a bit more efficient with my time. We we pray while sitting on the loo. That saves a bit of time, whatever it might be. (laughs) And all the while, we fail to realise that the problem isn't on the surface. It's not external, but it's deep down in our hearts, internally, underground. So what I'd love you to do is just um, to just turn over the page, just on the inside of the handout. I'd love you just to, first of all, just with your neighbour... Just discuss, um, do you agree with what I've just said there? Do you agree that the source of the problem, it's more internally what's going on in our heart than externally? That problem of us being too busy, is it more, uh, the source of that problem, is it external? Or is it actually what's going on in our heart? And if it is what's internally, what's going on in our heart, I'd love you just to begin to discuss with your neighbour the question you'll see there in the box. What kind of feelings or views do you think is going on internally in your heart which cause you to sometimes be too busy? So what are kind of the feelings, the thoughts, the emotions going on in your heart that cause you to sometimes be too busy? Just in your neighbour, with your neighbour, just chat about that. Go for it. Okay. If I can draw you back together again. Now, um, we've got to point three on the handout. And if, you've, if you like, we've, if we've seen that the source of the problem primarily uh, is what's going on inside us, what's going on in our hearts that cause us to be too busy, that cause us uh, to, for bad fruit uh, to come about in our lives, then we need to begin to think, actually, what's the solution to this? What, if you like, is the heart medicine that you and I need to take? And I think the heart medicine involves getting a correct understanding in two areas. You'll see them there, an understanding of our work and an understanding of ourselves. And I'm going to spend a lot more time on the second one, on understanding ourselves. Just very quickly, I just want to talk to you the first one, an understanding of our work, getting a correct understanding of our work. Um, Firstly, where we work for Jesus. I just want to say very clearly, you can work for Jesus in your day-to-day job. That may sound obvious, but it is worth stating 
because that truth doesn't always come across in church settings, that you only work for Jesus if you're being a vicar like me. That's a load of rubbish. You can work for Jesus in your day-to-day job. So each one of us, if we are working, we need to be thinking about where we work for Jesus in our lives. Where we work, we are working for Jesus, and that may cause us actually to work longer hours in our workplaces when we realise that we are working for Jesus at work. But that may be right, because we can serve Jesus at work just as much as we can serve him anywhere else. Secondly, how we work for Jesus. Some people work too long hours, and they excuse their long hours at work by saying they are working for Jesus by doing a good job. Now that's a half-truth, because if our mentality is that the only way to serve Jesus in our work is to do well, to get promoted fast, to be the best at what we do, then our life balance will come unstuck, because we'll spend far too long in our workplaces. It's one aspect of serving Jesus at work. It's not the only aspect. Matters of integrity and ethics and witness and character and attitude are just as important as doing as good a job as we possibly can. And so too, obviously, is how we work for Jesus in all the other areas of our life outside of our work. And then the third one, when we work for Jesus, I've come across people with the mentality that say, I will work flat out in my job now, and then in a few years' time, I'll pull back And then I'll have more time for serving Jesus then. Or I'll work flat out now, not be too focused on Jesus right now in my job. But in a few years time, I'm going to be in a real position of influence. And then I can make a difference for Jesus then. But again, I want to say that is wrong thinking. You know, Jesus said, uh, Luke 9, 24, if anyone would come after me, they must deny themselves and take up their cross daily. Take up their cross daily and follow me. So each and every day, we need to look to be full-on, wholehearted followers of Jesus. There's no time out uh, from being someone who works for Jesus. So that's a very quick one in terms of getting our understanding of our work. Let me spend a bit more time getting a correct understanding of ourselves. And specifically, I think there seem to be uh, three potential misunderstandings about ourselves. A misunderstanding about our identity, our value and our purpose. And each of those three are answered in this one verse in the Bible, Ephesians 2 verse 10. You'll see there, uh, Paul writes, we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. So problem number one, I think, is our identity problem. So too often, our assessment of our identity, our assessment of who we are, it is wrapped up in what we do. So we think we are self-made men and women. And so, of course, the management of our time all revolves around improving our identity, working hard to better ourselves, to be successful. I remember when I was a management consultant being thrilled when I got promoted from the level of consultant to the level of manager. It was a real milestone. It doesn't sound that exciting now, does it? But at the time, it was like, this is wonderful. I can now tell people I am a manager. You know, it's a huge boost to my identity. You see, this is the error of putting me at number one in my heart. This is the error. We put me at number one in my heart. But Ephesians 2 verse 10, how does it start? For we are God's workmanship. We're God's workmanship, his work of art. Literally, we are his masterpieces. That is who we are. Every single one of us in this room, we are God's work of art. 
We are masterpieces that have been sculpted, that have been created by God. That is our true identity. But when we think that our identity is all about me, 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 my achievements, my successes, not God's, well, then the use of our time can become a disaster. We get too busy. We can get too stressed. We focus on completely the wrong things. We're working to improve our identity, thinking that we are our own workmanship, not God's workmanship. Because in our heart, what's going on? We're putting me number one in my heart. Problem number two is our value problem. Okay, so too often we get our value, we get our sense of self-worth from the comments on our annual appraisal at work or from the size of our salary or from what people at church think of us or whatever it might be. This is the error, not of putting ourselves number one in our heart, but putting other people at pole position in our heart. We put others number one in our hearts. So I know uh, so often when I get too busy, it is when I start wanting to get my value from what other people think of me. You know, I want people to think that I'm a relatively successful pastor and Bible teacher. And so I try and do loads and loads and loads. I become more interested in what other people think of me, what you think of me, than what God thinks of me. And so therefore, I spend my time concentrating on the wrong things. So, you know, I spend all my time writing the talk that I'm going to do, because other people are going to see that. And I don't spend very much of my time praying, because only God's going to see that. And it may be similar for you in your particular situation, whether you are an accountant, whether you're a full-time mum, whether you're a student, whatever it is that you are. Perhaps you never end up saying no to people, whether it's the colleagues, the boss, the friends, the neighbours, uh, the youth minister asking you to do a talk at church next Sunday, whatever it might be. You never say no and you just get busier and busier and busier trying to please everyone. And our verse It is a significant help with our value problem. Because look at how it continues. It says, we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus. That tells us where our feeling of value and our feeling of self-worth should come from. Not from people saying nice things about us. Those nice things can come and go. Our value is not from our pay package. That may come and go. But our value comes not from our pay package, but God's pay package. We are so precious to God that he paid for us with the death of his son. We are created in Christ Jesus. And for you and I, as Christians, that is the one key constant. While other people's views on us might change, God's view is constant. And knowing that constant, how loved we are by God, that will help us better manage our time because we start being God-pleasers rather than people-pleasers and we start getting our priorities right. So you see, no longer others, number one in our hearts, That's important, of course it is. Jesus said, love your neighbour as yourself. Others are important, but it's not others, but God, who is to be number one in our hearts. So that's the second uh, one, our value problem. And thirdly, our, our purpose problem. Because too often, if we're honest, our purpose in life, what is your purpose in life? Maybe it's to have a nice house, a nice holiday, a nice car, a nice life. And then Jesus gets tagged on to the side possessions become number one in our hearts not god but possessions and that drives the use of our time in very unwise directions but our purpose shouldn't be centered on possessions look at how our verse finishes we are god's workmanship created in christ jesus to do what what's our purpose it's to do good works which god prepared in advance for us to do 
Our purpose in life is not to sort of grab as much as we can for ourselves, but it is to do good works for God. Now, again, please don't get me wrong. If our purpose is that, if our purpose is to do good works for God, I'm not saying we'll never be busy. Sometimes doing good works for God will mean that we will be very busy. Providing food for our family, that is a good work for God. Being an integral part of the team that we work with, earning the right to share our lives and our Lord with them, that's a good work for God. Volunteering on a week like New Horizon, that's a good work for God. Looking after your elderly mother, that is a good work for God. All of those are good works for God and they may cause us to work very long hours, be very busy, be very tired. But we'll be managing our time well rather than badly because our purpose won't be an egocentric desire for more. So when we understand ourselves correctly and when we we look at our heart and we look by the power of God's spirit to change our heart. So it's not ourselves, number one in our heart. So it's not others who are number one in our heart. And so that it's not possessions that are number one in our heart. But when it's God who is number one, well, then we will be able to start to manage our time better because we'll make wise choices and we'll have godly priorities. Now, again, let's take a moment to, to take some time out. I'd love you um, You see the box at the bottom. It says, what has been the challenge for you about having a correct understanding of work? And maybe more particularly, if I spent more time on it, a correct understanding of yourself. Um, just um, chat with your neighbour about that. Okay. If I can draw you back together again, that'd be wonderful. And if you'd like to turn to the back page of the handout. Now, I, I want to be realistic. I, I'm not going to sort of, we're not going to solve every single issue with busyness um, today. Um, and there are certainly a few things that some of us may need to do on the surface, externally, if you like, uh, to avoid being over busy, to avoid that sort of sinkhole situation. And so that for some people, it may be you need to be as radical as changing job. For a less stressful one. For some people it may be uh, recognising actually right at the moment I am in a time of being very busy. You know those who have got very small children there is no busier time than that. Uh, There are some things that we could help ourselves doing. Maybe some people need to go on a time management course. I don't know what it is. But there are some practical things that you may be saying actually as a result of this there are these things that I need to do externally. So there are some things on the surface in terms of beating busyness but what i want to try and encourage is what most of all needs to be done is internally Uh, filling up giving support internally underground in our hearts so that we don't become too busy and at the extreme have a sinkhole cave-in and above all uh, what i'm saying is is what we need to do is the first bullet point there and you'll see that on the back page we need to identify the desires of our hearts which make us try to do more than God expects you to do. Let me just say that again. You will need to identify the desires that are going on in your heart, which make you try to do more in life, to be too busy, by doing more than God expects you to do, more than God intends you to do. 
And in this table that I put below, which is adapted from uh, Tim Chester's book, and if there's one book on the resource list you should buy, is Tim Chester's one, The Busy Christian's Guide to Business. It's a really helpful book. And this table that I put here um, is adapted from Tim Chester's book. And um, in it, he gives six potential ways in which the desires of our heart make us do more than God expects us to do. Let me just talk through these six. And I'd love you... As I do that, as I say, I've adapted them from Tim Chester to say, which of these are you? Maybe just be one. It may be more than one. Which of these are the heart problem that you have? And as you've been chatting just in your twos and threes just now, you may well have touched on some of these things that I'm about to say. Okay, so which of these are you? Here's the first one. Hello. Uh, (laughs) uh, Number one. Okay, I'm too busy. Because I need to prove myself. Okay, that's the thing going on in our heart. I'm too busy because I need to prove myself. So if I'm honest, I I find my identity, I find my meaning and significance and value in my work. I feel that busyness is a sign of virtue, a sign of value. Important people are busy people. I want to be important. I feel good about myself when I'm busy. I need to justify myself. Are those the kind of feelings that are going on in your heart? I'm too busy because I need to prove myself. Second possible desire in our heart. I'm too busy because I worry that others think I'm a failure. I'm too busy because of other people's expectations of me. I don't like letting other people down. I find it very difficult to say no to a request. I worry that other people think I'm a failure if I say no. And actually, I fear people's disapproval if I don't do a good job. I want to look good. I need things to be perfect. Otherwise, people will think I'm not up to the grade. And that makes me busy. Is that what's going on in your heart? Third one. I'm too busy because otherwise things get out of control. I worry about my job, about my future, about my security. I need to work really hard to make sure I can, can control all of it. And I really can. I can solve every problem. It's just a matter of spending enough time on things. And then, not just for me, but for the people I care about. I can be in control of everything for them too. I can make sure that they will be okay as well. Other people need me. Number four desire in your heart, possibly. I'm too busy because it helps me to escape the trials of life. I prefer being under pressure. If I'm under pressure, if I'm so busy, I've got a right to neglect my other responsibilities. My responsibilities to my spouse or my children or my parents or my co-workers. Because I'm under pressure, I can cut corners. I can show anger and frustration to colleagues and also it means I, have to, I can avoid facing difficult issues in my life. So if I'm busy, busy, busy here, I don't need to worry about issues over here that I'm trying to escape from. Issues about my health, issues about the state of my marriage. Work is fun, home is proving difficult. I'm too busy because I prefer to escape the trials of life. Number five, desire of our heart. I'm too busy because I want more money. 
I'm working to pay off the debts. I'm busy because I want a new house, a new car, a second home. I won't be satisfied until I have the same affluent lifestyle as some of my other colleagues and friends. I need that foreign holiday. That's what will truly satisfy me. And then number six, is this a desire in your heart? I'm too busy because I want to make the most of this life. There are things that I want to achieve at work. I I, want to take this new course. I must have this qualification. I need this new challenge. I want to visit this place. I want to become an expert in fine wine, scuba diving and high-risk stock options. There's so much to do here in Belfast. And then, of course, I want to transfer to the London office to experience life and culture there for a couple of years. I must live life to the max. I must realise my potential. Now, those are six Uh, desires in our hearts i'm guessing probably none of us will have all six but i guess each one of us will have at least one of those desires if not more which make us do more than god intends us to do for me as i I read through them again the ones that hit me as a problem for myself are numbers two and three how about for you can I, can I suggest again, if you're willing, that just in your twos and threes, just talk with your, your next door neighbour that you've been talking to, just about which of those desires particularly resonates with you, about why you sometimes do too much to do more than God expects you. And perhaps just begin to flesh out a bit, what does that actually look like in practice in your life? So just in twos and threes again, just uh, talk about that, which of those six relate to you. Go for it. Okay. Uh, If I can draw you back again, that'd be wonderful. Thank you. Uh, So that first bullet point, if we've done that, I've identified the desires of our heart that make us do more than God intends us to do. Uh, Then, second bullet point there, there's a need to ask God to replace those wrong desires in our hearts with right desires for him. And let's uh, look at um, the God solution, which is sort of the the right-hand column just in response to each of those six uh, desires, okay, those heart problems. So let me just go through them very quickly. So in response to the first heart problem, uh, uh, saying I'm too busy because I need to prove myself, well, the truth is we don't need to justify ourselves. As Christians, we're accepted by God despite our failings, despite our sinfulness. It's a gift. He has saved us. We haven't earned it. We can't earn it. We don't need to prove ourselves with God or anyone. We can, the God solution there, we can rest in God, our saviour. In response to the second one, that I'm too busy because I worry that others might think I'm a failure. Well, we think we need approval of other people, but really the most important approval is the approval of God. We need to fear him more than people. We need to recognise how awesome and amazing and huge and good God is and that we should serve and worship him more than anything or anyone else. God alone is and should be our master. The third heart problem, I'm too busy because otherwise things get out of control. Well, the truth is our life will never be without concerns and stresses. But the fact is that God is much better at being God than we are when we try to be God. Because he's a sovereign father and he wants what is best for us. So we should look to trust him, our father, to him to be in charge of our lives, for him to be in charge of other people's lives rather than us turning into manically busy control freaks. 
the fourth one, too busy because I want to escape the trials of life, the response where we, we try and escape when we cannot face something. We try and escape whether it's the nightmare report to be written for the boss that we leave off doing as long as possible or whether it's the difficult situation at home that we're trying to escape from by staying at work. But when we feel like running away from daunting tasks, from difficult situations, instead we should take refuge and run to God. He can be our refuge when we're tempted to take our refuge somewhere else and take refuge in being busy. The fifth one, uh, too busy because I want more money. Well, we know material possessions never truly, fully satisfy But we shouldn't just sort of try and just say, well, I'm going to give up material possessions. We need to change the desires of our hearts. We need to replace the joy of buying a new toy with the joy of knowing our Lord better. Delight in God, my joy. And then the final one, I'm too busy because I want to make the most of the rest of this life. The truth is that we don't need to act as though we've got to squeeze everything into this lifetime. Because in eternity, we will have the chance to do everything we ever dreamed of doing in this life and more. We don't need to rush around madly now trying to create a perfect life because we have all eternity. God is our certain and sure hope for all eternity. So we can wait on God, my hope. And so what I'd love to do to finish, I'd I'd love, this is a week on the Holy Spirit. And I'd love just to pray uh, for us all. Um, that God, by the power of his spirit, would take those, those wrong desires of our hearts and replace them with right desires for him. So I'd love just to take the final few minutes uh, just to pray. And we're just gonna do, I'd love to just close our eyes. And we're just going to go through each of those six heart problems in turn. And what I'd love to do, I'm just going to go through them in turn. We'll have our eyes closed. And I'm just going to say each of them in turn. And if that, that is one that you, you resonate with, you say that that is a struggle for me, I'd love you to just raise your hand and then I'm going to pray. And I'm going to pray one verse of scripture connected to each of these six heart problems. Okay, And you can put your hand up for as many or as few as you want. Um, So let's pray, shall we? So the first one, uh, I'm too busy because I need to prove myself. If that's you, just, um, just where you are, just raise your hand. Thank you. Let me pray for you. First of all, I'm reminded of um, John the Baptist's words. I must be less so that Jesus must be greater. And Heavenly Father, I pray for each of those men and women who've just raised their hands now. That that wonder that you, Jesus, might be greater would be a reality for them. And Lord Jesus, you said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. And I will give you rest, rest for your soul. And Father, I pray by the power of your spirit that for each of those people who just raised their hand there with that need to prove themselves, making them too busy. I pray, Lord Jesus, that as they come to you, they would know rest in you, their saviour, rest in the one who gives them rest for their souls. Amen. Problem number two, I'm too busy because I worry that other people will think I'm a failure. Again, if that's you, just raise your hand. Thank you. I just want to pray that verse, Ephesians 2, verse 10, for you. 
for each one of you who raised your hand, that you might know in the very depths of your being that you are God's workmanship, that you are created in Christ Jesus to do good works for him, that he is the one who loves you, who has sculpted you, who has created you, that you might know your great value to him. That where there are these desires in your heart for other people to approve you, that you might know and delight in God's approval of you, that you might delight in what it is to have ultimately an audience of one. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. The third one, I'm too busy because I worry things are getting out of control. Again, if that's you, do raise your hand. Thank you. Jesus said um, in the Sermon on the Mount, uh, as he was talking about worry, and he said, how much more valuable are you than the birds of the air and the lilies of the field? How much more valuable are you to your heavenly father? And Lord, I pray for these men and women and I pray that you would um, help them know that truth deep in their hearts. I pray that they would be able to trust you to be in control. That they would be able to get out of the driving seat and let you be the one in the driving seat. And that they wouldn't be backseat drivers. Pray that by the power of your spirit, you would help them delight in their preciousness. How much more valuable are they to you than the lilies of the field and the birds of the air? Amen. The fourth one. I'm too busy because I want to escape the trials of life. Again, just raise your hand. Thank you so much. Just reminded of um, that metaphor in, in Scripture in a number of places where we can shelter under God's wing. Shelter under the wing for refuge, for protection. And Lord God, for these individuals where they are escaping some difficulty, some difficult area of life, some difficult task, by just focusing so much on other things and just being busy, busy, busy. I pray, Lord God, that they would know deep refuge, sheltering in you, that you would be their great protector, that you would be the one that they run to, not run from. Please fill them with your spirit and enable them to know peace. To be able to say with Paul, I know what it is to be content in all circumstances. Amen. Fifth one. I'm too busy because I want more money. Again, if that's you, just raise your hand. Let me pray.
the joy of the Lord is my strength. We pray for those individuals that joy in you would be their strength today. Thank you whether you've challenged them. And I pray, Lord God, that you would grow in them joy and delight in you. Amen. And then the final one. I'm too busy because I want to make the most of this life. Just raise your hand if that's you again. Thank you. I'd love to pray for you um, the prayer that Paul prays in uh, Romans, Romans 15. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray, Lord God, that you uh, would grant these men and women uh, greater wonder in the eternal certain hope of eternity with you. And that as you do that, you would just help them with their priorities day by day in this life. Thank you for them. Thank you for their desires. And I pray that you would use those desires to help them do good works which you have prepared in advance for them to do. Bless them, I pray, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.